I'm so exhausted, dude. You have been right. nonstop, man. Too, 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 too nonstop. Yeah. Um. On the topic of uh, nonstop, when do things calm down for you? Um. <laughs> I mean, well, I would say after next Friday, only because, in theory, this week will be pretty chill. I'll be back to work and everything. However, because next week is a shortened week with MLK Day on Monday. I decided to take PTO the rest of that week to potty train Keaton. So that's what I'm going to be oh, doing boy. all week next week. So I would say once I'm done with that, I pretty much don't have much going on. Okay. And that's not bad. Uh, what are your anticipating the difficulty of potty training? And what do you, th- what do you think about that? Is he going to be he's just going to be resistant to it? Which so? I'm not going to really know how to deal with because Ke- Wesley was Wesley took to it so well. Um, and I knew, I, I mean, I, the minute Wesley took to it, well, I was like, this is never going to happen again. So I'm just going into it with those expectations. Well, okay. And no I think that's what aim, but. what is that aim low <laughs> or have low yeah. expectations and then, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. I'm hoping for the best. And I mean, I have a week. It took Wes like two days to get it. Like if it takes Keaton a week, that's fine. But, and you, you're taking yeah. off from Tuesday or from Wednesday to Friday. To, yeah, I'm off Monday, so I put, took PTO Tuesday through Friday. If it and if it, let's say he takes to it in a few hours and is like just all over it, does that mean you are you going to celebrate and take them out on rest of the week? Or are you, you free oh, then? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have school, like so. Oh, I don't yeah. think he'll get it that quickly. Like my plan is, he's going to be out of school with me. Um, and then I will work with the school after that and say, okay, hey, just so you know, we potty trained last week. Here's the plan. Please don't put him in pull-ups. Like, I don't want, like, Wes never used pull-ups. Like, it was 100% cold turkey. There was no going back. There was no nighttime diapers situation. There was nothing. Like, it was 100% cold turkey, and it worked with Wes. So I'm really hoping for the best with Keaton. Yeah. And so I want to have that partnership and say, hey, like, if he has an accident, let him have the accident. I don't want pull-ups. Like, we're not doing that. Um, so. Right. So, yeah. You know, and I, I I, feel like I'm totally disconnected with that part of. of well, you've been out much, of that game for a while. So. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Lindsay's got a mind like a steel trap. She could tell you. She could just, like, <laughs> you know, shove her way into the microphone and say, well, this is what happened, David. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, We've had the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. She I'm sure I. you brought that up. Yeah. 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 She and I have talked about it. So, yeah. Um, she, I mean, she's great at it. I, gosh, man, I think I was, I was so much like a dude. I just said, Jack, dude, just step up, man. And he, you know, I, I feel like he did it. I said, you're good, yeah. man, as long as you don't piss all over your feet. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jimmy Eat Pod. <laughs> Uh, you know what sucks though? The kid's still like when he sits down, he just goes. It's it's a crapshoot with him shooting all over the front of the bowl. Mm, you know, and yeah. he'll just I'll every look now down, and again, all like puddles. whoa, I'm getting weird crosstalk. Um, every now and again, I will go to move like I'll take the trash out in the bathroom or something, which is kind of like behind and next to the toilet, and I'll find like a puddle of pee. <laughs> they got you know what? They got um, stuff to do, and they just don't notice yeah. it. I'll call him back in. I'll go, "What is this?" He goes, "I don't know what that is." Yeah, he'll rush. I notice he feels like he's missing something, so he will rush out. And like one time, I picked him up from school, and his pants were all wet. I was like, "What the fuck is wrong?" With you? <laughs> and uh, 
and uh and he was just like oh i don't know what and i was like you have pee on you and he he like had no idea and he, he like didn't pee his pants he just wasn't done so yeah anyway, yeah he just had to cut that out of the pod cin- cinched it back up said, and a he little told bit me he didn't want me telling my friends and i was like <laughs> why would i tell my friends that but like literally we're just chatting now so anyway just wait till until he's older and he's on his own podcast and, and he, he's telling the story of peeing yeah. on the floor and then <laughs> sliding yeah. back and hitting his head, throwing up and yeah. pissing himself and all these other stories. Yep. Ah, oh, man. Um, so not a lot going on this week uh, with this cover song, uh, but I did want to welcome our new patron. Um, and uh, if anybody else wants to join us over on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash jimmy eat pot i just i went to go grab information i see somebody liked my retweet which was a really old tweet from zach that we'll talk about (laughs) next week um uh but anyway uh uh, now you what how did you put this our first council member of the pod andrea warner or wainer um uh andrea wainer ba and mpa uh but uh very cool uh yeah what yeah city councilwoman uh, yeah, so very very cool. Very prestigious. Yeah, yeah. And we're uh, in Missouri, so sweet. I love it that we have uh, we have patrons across so many borders. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. And there's so much good content on there to go to. I swear, my favorite one was the one that we we just dropped the uh, behind the music with David and Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That was fun. Uh, you know it's funny it just feels like even i'm going back to work tomorrow like it feels like i haven't done the pod or and we've only i guess it's been two weeks since we potted but um it's been three weeks since i've been at work no it's only been a week since i've been at work it feels like feels like it it's nuts yeah um anyway uh we got a bunch of information from mitch porter about oh yes whatever the hell we did like four weeks ago (laughs) Um, it was crooked. Uh, okay, thank you. Crooked. Yeah. So he said he used a yellow overdrive pedal on that song. And I, uh, when I posted the artwork for that episode, I used a yellow overdrive pedal. And I had sent him the bass overdrive pedal that Boss makes. And he was like, no, no, no. I didn't use the bass one. I just used the overdrive <laughs> pedal that we had laying around. Uh, so it was like the standard guitar Boss overdrive pedal. Um, and he said it was the 90s. You used that on most stuff. Yeah. Um, and he, oh, he also really liked uh, uh, he thinks that the A ain't uh, yes. <laughs> that Tom sings on there is better than Depressy almost in yeah. his opinion. Uh, also confirmed that Ophir. Now, remember, we talked about finally Ophir. Sephira. Sephia. Sephia. Uh, yeah. We were like, we thought that was a band. What, what did we say? Ophir was a band and Safina was a band. Those are two different things. Yeah. And I was like, I think it just says Sephia. Is Ophir Sephia a person? And mm-hmm. s- certainly it was. It was a friend of theirs who lived in Phoenix who also played in a band called Intent with Aaron Balkin, who Jim talked about had done a lot of their early artwork, including the one from the 1234 EP with that guy getting a shot or something with the yeah. with the mobster hat or something um anyway and then he took a video of him going through his old tape collection pulling out the intent demo cassette gosh uh that's numbered number 58 with a pentagram and it says satan is cool and he said i don't know why <laughs> but this makes me laugh um uh and uh mitch uh, regarding the lyrics uh said a plus on the lyrics yes and then uh Scored. going further on that and uh 
about us talking about his bass. I'm so glad I'm so glad you enjoyed my baseline. That was cool how you isolated the track to hear just me. You guys are too kind. It means a lot to me, which is weird because I spent a long time not really caring about that part of my life. <laughs> you guys might be fans of the band, but I'm a fan of the show. And I swear he said camp live and mumbled out something else in the studio, but my recoll- that's my recollection of course, and that has to do with one of the lyrics where he had suggested when we he knew we were going to do the song crooked something about so, some lyric oh yeah, about yeah, yeah camp and we were like is the song about camp and so we were pretty sure it wasn't and he was like no nah, i'm pretty sure he said camp live but uh mumbled something so uh, anyway he said a plus on the lyrics yes um and I'll that is it. all i have for housekeeping but i told him i was like man that's a ton of housekeeping for the next episode so, yeah <laughs> um, so yeah thank you mitch <laughs> thank you sir uh, shall we get into stats for your feet? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How many groans are we going to hear? Hold, yeah. Hold, hold I'm so upset right now. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> Losing his mind. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, your feet, it's a Mojave 3 cover. So, of course, I pulled the Mojave 3 ASCAP information, of which there is some. And I'm waiting for it to load. Here we go. Um, it's got a work ID. Writer is Neil Halstead. And uh, the publisher is Menace Music Limited. And uh, it's a care of Universal Polygram uh, International. So Colorado Avenue, Santa Monica, California. Um, and Neil, I believe, and we'll go through. I have a bunch of notes. about Mojave 3 is a slow dive offshoot now slow dive is a band i've heard of uh my late my friend the late jenny lake my friend she has passed um she had told me about slow dive she went and saw them at the l ray on some sort of like reunion tour that they had done or something and she was like you want to come see slow dive with me i was like i don't know who slow dive is she was like oh it's like shoegaze and i was like I've heard of shoegaze, but I don't really know what shoegaze is. I always thought shoegaze was like, um, like heavier, like, I guess, emo, uh, type of thing. I never really got into them. I think I listened to them and I was like, okay, I get it. It was like more slow and downbeat stuff. Anyway, Mojave three is some of the members of slow dive or, or maybe Neil Halstead. We'll look at that. I have some stuff, uh, written down. Um, this was uh, the B-side of the Pain single, um, but also on the Futures Deluxe. Um, and uh, what do I have? I linked to the Discogs of the Pain single. Ah, so we could see, uh, and we have a better scan actually on our Google Drive than they have up on there. Um, just some of the liner notes here, which basically says, Your Feet recorded live at Celebrity Theater in Phoenix, Arizona by Curtis Grip. So, or Grippy. G-R-I-P-P-E. So mm. while, what is it? Uh, yeah, the Jimmy Eat Wiki says Gil Norton is the producer because Gil Norton produced Futures. Um, it was recorded by Curtis Grip at that show. So maybe Curtis is the producer on this. Um, it was uh, track 18 of 18 on Futures Deluxe, which was released October 19th, 2004. Um, track three was recorded at uh, yeah, Celebrity Theater in Phoenix, Arizona is where it was recorded, uh, written by Neil Halstead and Mojave Three. Singer is Jim, featuring no one. Label is Interscope Publishing, Menace Music. No demo, because it's a cover, um, that was played live. Uh, played 
once. There's no information on yeah, setlist.fm about it. No notable high notes, but a notable low note of E flat three. Um, one thousand two hundred twenty-one listeners. Wait, which one are you looking at? Um, because my listing has your feet live at the Celebrity Theater, Phoenix, Arizona, remastered. Which one? Oh, did you I find? guess I don't know. I didn't link to it. Okay, um, go you're ahead. Talking Continue. about the last FM info. Yep, yep. Yeah, I have one thousand two hundred twenty-one listeners scrabbled it three thousand six hundred ninety-five times. Okay. How many scrabbles do you have? Well, I have for mine is listed as. 401 listeners and 709 scrabbles. Oh, I, I we've have seen this before where they have multiple right. uh, entries. Yeah. But I can't seem to find yours. Uh, what so I did ahead. is I, I clicked on the middle and I changed the plus middle to your plus feet and it took me to whatever page that was. All right. Well, I'll um, tell you what I have for that one too. I mean, it. I don't have any scrabbles for that listing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got five. But so for your feet, which is just your feet. Um, yeah, that's what the numbers that you just said. The other one, which is live at Celebrity Theater, this is the one that was scrabbled when I listened to it through Spotify. So that's what I, I just went to my last FM and clicked on that Mm. one and it took me here. Um. Just seeing the numbers there because the other one didn't have any, any scrabbles for me. I was happy to see five and they weren't, they, I don't think they were all recent. 2021 was the most recent and it must have been when they added that. Uh, the they returned. They put the it deluxe. back on there. Yeah. So you just yeah. Yep. And that's the last. Had you remember? I, I had zero. Did you remember having heard this song ever before? Like last week? I'm, I feel we had like played accidentally. I'm pretty sure I'd never heard it. But I'm. Be, I'll bet you that it was. The last time I listened, the first time I listened to it, um, was September of 21. And I want to say that it was. It. I felt like that was probably accidental. <laughs> like that's the only time it maybe i had heard it before but that's probably the first time i heard it and it was mm. just had like some kind of weird deja vu that i thought mm, uh i don't know yeah what do the spotify numbers look like on it since it's available on spotify? Ooh, let's go back to that yeah i was i had something else it is here. also available on apple music but we don't have those yeah those numbers all right here we go yep. so the deluxe where are you Thir- <sighs> so we just did the concept right Forty five thousand. And this is one mm-hmm. we, I think this is when I brought the numbers up and we realized we hadn't done your feet yet. That's right. Um, so it's actually right in between the concept and one I want. So it's got, it's sitting right at 37,000 plays. Okay. Um, and just for context on the other things on disc three of Futures Deluxe, you, Work, Acoustic, and Shame are all in like the 100,000, 200, 300,000. So it's, it's, it's the very last track. Doesn't have a lot of numbers, but it's. It's not uh, the worst performer. Yeah. Now, um, structure-wise, we've got an A flat major key, which is a 4B Camelot, uh, 117 BPM, and 3 minute and 60 second duration. And man, this sounds like a Phoebe Bridgers track, which yeah. I absolutely love. So as much as I've never heard the song based solely on the name, and I know we'll talk about the final thoughts at the end, I think I love this song. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, um, just don't pay attention to the title and you're happy, right? Yeah. And some of the lyrics, I guess. Um, so let's go ahead and dig through those. All right. Let's go. Yeah. And this I'm is... going to pull up the Mojave 3 Genius page and compare Jim's lyrics to the original. Please do. Which was released, by the way, October 5th, 1998, according to Genius. Right. Yeah. That's true. Mojave. I, I listen Mo, to that version, Mo-J-3. and I feel like I know that Jim's doing the cover, 
But it, yep. I listened to the Mojave Three, and it sounded so much like Jim. Like his, the voice it did, is just yeah. mix. So I didn't listen well. to the whole thing, and we'll play a little yeah. bit of it. But yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so I just broke down these verses, which it's just three verses. There's no chorus that I could that I could discern from this. Mm-hmm. So I've broken each verse in half. So we'll go four lines and then four lines. So this is your feet. Verse one, first half is I was drunk when I met you. I was drunk when I walked out the door and I rolled around the night to find you, but I guess you never knew. Sounds like these two individuals in this story see each other whenever they're out at the bar. Maybe they've met one another through mutual friends. Like he came to visit her once outside of that cycle, that cycle of, hey, it's Friday night. I get to see you at this Mm -hmm. restaurant again um, outside of that cycle. But he couldn't get up the nerve to announce his presence. Um. And I rolled around. I think it's more of a rolled around, not like rolled around in bed, but I think rolled around like I came around. Uh, and I think, I think that's his first admission that he wanted something more. He realized it before, but now this is him I, talking to himself in his head that he uh, that he wants something a little more than friendship. Now, the only difference here is I was drunk when you walked out the door, according to the Mojave 3 Jesus okay. page. Okay. So when I met you, when you walked out the door, I don't necessarily think it's walked out the door in that context of you left me high and dry. It's more of like mm. he watched her walk out the door. That's how right. enamored he was yeah. with her. All right. So the second half of verse one here, you just needed something solid you could hold like a dog that came when you called, like a coat stand that sits out in the hall and you don't need me. Gosh, man, Neil, that the lyrics there. Yeah, it's so good that with the um, with those analogies there, like a dog that came when you called like a coat stand that sits out in the hall. He knows all these things that she wants. He's an intent listener and truly cares about what she's interested in. But she wants somebody submissive or dependable or is just out there ready whenever she wants. And that just doesn't seem to be him. It's not his persona. Yep. I get Phoebe vibes from this, man. Yeah. Well, let's go into verse two then. And here's your favorite lyric to start off this mm-hmm. this half here. Uh, it's your feet you don't need. Always facing back away, you just came. I don't love you anymore. I don't need you. I'm just keeping a score. So it sounds like she's never really facing him. She's not looking toward the future or where he is. He's telling her that he doesn't love her and he doesn't need her, but it's just a defense. He's just kind of that's that's his way of in his own mind tricking himself to say, I don't really need you. Um, and now he's keeping track of it. I'm just keeping a score. I'm keeping a score of all these interactions that I have with you because you mean so much to me and I want to be in your life. Uh, second half of verse two here. You said life's too short to be bored. All this rolling around on the floor won't get you what you want. It's just a waste and you don't need me. Sounds like uh, sounds like she might be a bit of a free spirit. She does what she wants and lives in the moment. And that might not be his kind of lifestyle and wants to believe that she won't get what she truly wants or needs out of it. Right now, it's not him. So he's I, I don't know if he's trying to dissuade her from living her life, but won't get you what you want. It's just a waste like for you to be able to pursue this this life of freedom and uh, frivolousness. But really, at the end of the day, it's like, you don't need me. Verse one ends with this, and you don't need me. Mm. Verse two ends with, and you don't need me, which I feel, I feel is very important as we get into this final verse here. Yeah. So so far, and, am I on? In the Mojave 3 
version uh, all this crawling around the floor. Okay. All this all this rolling rolling around on the floor, all this crawling around on the floor. Yeah. Um yeah, maybe that's a, an allusion to just kind of um uh, putting your body through the ringer. Late nights, partying, who knows what it could mean. Uh it won't get you what you want, it's just a waste. So all right, verse 3 broken into two pieces. So and, and this I, I love it. This is such a a nice setup with the first two verses here. So I look at every woman just to see if there's something there for me. And I look up every moment just to know if I'm missing something sweet. Feels like he's trying to move on and live a life of his own, trying these things like she does, but it's just not for him. He's always checking back in on her and what she's doing, maybe catching a happy moment in her life. Just, you know, keeping tabs. Maybe it's a, following her on Facebook or something, you know, like, yeah, what's she up to these days? <laughs> Still living that party life, huh? Uh, but now it sort of changes perspectives here. And this is his, uh, after telling us what the issue is and kind of being honest with himself and then going through a verse where it sounds like he's tricking himself to let her live her life and him let his live his. Now this is like the real, this is the truth. This is the the rub that comes out here. And I need something solid I can hold, like a dog that comes when I call, like a brick I can throw against a wall, and I don't need you. No, I don't need you. No, I don't need you. No, I don't need you. I think this is a beautiful set of lines here. He's trying to find fulfillment in life like her. He's trying to search for the same things she is, but he knows it won't work for him. He's mad and sad. And I feel like that line... Like a dog that comes when I call, and he's just like a coat stand that sits out in the hall, which is pretty boring. Like a coat stand is just there. It's reliable. You can throw your coat on it, take it off. It serves its purpose. But this line, like a brick I can throw against a wall. That brick is frustration, he feels. And it's his resolution that he says he doesn't need her. He's trying to convince himself of this, but in his heart, he knows that he does. It's one of those things, it's like this... Is it is it star-crossed lovers, like people that are destined for other paths, or is that what that would... I looked that up I one time. So. I think it is. If not, it's the equivalent... No, it's not the equivalent. If if not, if I'm mistaken, um, it just seems like two people that are on two separate paths in life. A pair of lovers who, for some external reason, cannot be together. Okay, all right. Um, it's a It's a very sad ending to this, is that realization... And but gosh, that one line, like a brick I can throw against a wall and just to replace like a coat stand that sits out in the hall. He's not that simple. She may think he's that simple, but he is just full of energy and emotion and frustration. And that's how frustrated he is. And then it, the, he ends with four different ways of saying lines of saying, and I, and I don't need you. I know I don't need you. No, I don't need you. No, I don't need you. And it sounds like that's that moment where he's got his head, his head in his hands and he's just crying, bawling. Well, yeah. as he as he says these lines to himself, and then kind of walks out the door alone. So a very yep. sad song. Let's listen to a little bit of the OG song. Heck yeah! And then we can uh, listen to some Jim. Uh, we'll start with the OG. drunk when I met you, I was drunk when you walked out the door, 
And I roll around the night to find you, but I guess you never knew. Yeah, you needed something solid you could hold, like a dog that came when you called, like a coat stand that sits in the hall, but you don't. It's your f- Sweet. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, there. <I> know, right? <laughs> Good timing. Uh, l- now, <laughs> let's listen to a little bit of the remastered version uh, that the band has up on their YouTube page. Live at the Celebrity Theater, Phoenix, yep. Arizona, 2004. I was drunk when I met you. I was drunk when you walked out the door Jim said you there And I rolled around the night to find you But I guess you never knew Yeah, you needed something solid you could hold Like a dog that came when you called Like a coat stand sits out in the hall And you don't need me oh, So good Yes. Mm. All right. So that is uh, comparing and contrasting the OG with the Jim version. Um, and uh, let's look a little bit more about Mojave 3. Okay. Uh, did you, what did you learn about Mojave 3? Well, I, sh- I found a bunch of content from Neil Halstead, right, doing live versions of this track. Mm-hmm. Guy looks so familiar. And then when I saw Mojave 3, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't find much, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So uh, I, I just pull up the Wikipedia page. They yeah. were a British rock band consisting of former Slow Dive members Neil Halstead, Rachel Goswell, and Ian McCutcheon, uh, alongside keyboardist Alan Forrester and former Chapter House guitarist Simon Rao. Or Rowe. The band formed as a trio shortly after Slow Dive's breakup in 1995, adding Forrester and Rao or Rowe. After the release of their debut album, Mojave 3 released three albums before going on a hiatus and returning to live performances in 2011, but have been inactive since. Um, and uh, and yeah, so uh, let's see. They, uh, they were active from 95 to 2007. Then uh, did something in 2011 that made them active again. But band returned to playing live in 2011, including gigs supporting Band of Horses. I think that's a perfect pairing. Um, during a radio interview on Israel radio station Cole Hey Compass on the 7th of May 2011, Halstead said the band were working on new material and maybe recording during the summer. However, nothing materialized. Wow. 
and slow dive. Let's see what slow dive is up to. Are they currently active? Years active, 89 to 95, then 2014 to present. And yeah, I do think Jenny invited me to that show sometime in 2014. Um, mm-hmm. It was right before, it was when we were still working together and I didn't go to EMC till 2015. So um, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a uh, Nick Chaplin and Christian Seville and Simon Scott uh, are the members of Slow Dive that are not in Mojave 3. Uh, Rachel and Neil are currently in Slow Dive. Ian McCutcheon is not in either band uh, in that Mojave 3 is inactive and he is listed as a past member of uh, of Slow Dive. I'm looking to see. Yeah, Ian McCutcheon was the drummer from 94 to 95. Um <laughs> So yeah, didn't even wasn't even in that band for very long. Just did uh slow dive or uh Mojave 3 stuff. Not in slow dive for very long. Um and yeah, that is all I really know. Do you let's see. Where does this rank in the pantheon of uh Mojave 3 songs? Like if you look up Mojave 3. Yeah, let's do that. Is this like I, it was popular? um they had another song that was right on top. Mojave three. Uh love songs on yeah. the radio. So it, the, it doesn't even show up song. in their top ten. So they got which album was this on? This uh, was on Yeah, correct. Um it's on Out of Tune from ninety eight. The guitar well, was out of tune. <laughs> they weren't active in ninety. Oh yeah, they were active in ninety eight. So yeah. This album came out October fifth, ninety eight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that album has and that was track five of nine. Uh huh. On average, and about one hundred seventy-five to two hundred thousand plays. Mm-hmm. So not a ton. Nine. Who tracks. do you love? And some kind of angel are the songs yeah. that have stars next to them, right? Um. But on "Ask Me Tomorrow" in '95, "Love Songs on the Radio" was the song. I'll play a little bit of that here. And is Love Songs on the Radio also their top Spotify track? I had to back out of this. It is 8.8 million. Whoa, that's a huge song. Yeah. I'm interested. Does this sound at all from? Do I know this song somehow? How litigious do we think Mojave 3 are? <laughs> Not at all. I think he's he'd be... <laughs> Neil would uh, appreciate the shout-out. Here's what um, Apple Music has. Having exhausted all the possibilities of the shoegaze aesthetic that defined their band Slow Dive, British singer-songer guitarist Neil Halstead and singer Rachel Goswell changed their gears in 1994 and formed Mojave 3, a rootsier acoustic outfit. The newly inspired pair, augmented by a drummer and bassist, released their debut album to India Claim in 1996 on the esteemed 4AD label. From the mid-90s onward, the group continued to ve- develop and deconstruct their sound, exploring country, folk, and sparsely melodic pop, the subtle sheen of which is no less compelling than the more dramatic fare of their previous incarnation. I did not expect this. 
It's a, yeah, it's very country western. I dig yeah. it. Yeah, and they're a Brit, a British outfit. Yeah, and I can see um, why they're they're lumped in with Band of Horses. Yes, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, especially with the way your feet sound. So I'm looking at Slow Dive now. Their top song is "When the Sun Hits," according to Apple Music in 1993 from Suvlaki. Um, d- is there another popular song that they have on Spotify? Slow Dive. Um, no, "When the Sun Hits." And then Alice and both are huge. Let's listen to a little bit of that. And what's what is when the sun hits look like numbers wise on Spotify? Forty, yeah, fifty million. Jesus Christ! Yeah, these guys get one point five million monthly listeners. And what's what Jimmy? the fuck? <laughs> I want to say I know, right? There's so much music out there. And what's Jimmy World now? They're at seven point six million. So I mean, these guys aren't that. Not as big as Jimmy World. But no, but still, like, bigger. Than Slow I Diver frequently associated with the early 90s UK shoegaze movement thanks to their 1991 debut album, Just for a Day, which boasted introspective, psych-kissed songs such as Catch the Breeze. However, the Reading UK band also excel at Hazy Dream Pop. Their 1993 harmony-heavy signature song, Allison, is lovely and brittle, and they often carry... On the legacy of the Cocteau Twins' Dewey Gothic soundscapes. Formed in 1989 by childhood friends and musical collaborators Neil Halstead and Rachel Goswell, Slowdive quickly signed to Creation Records and released the self-titled EP in 1990. Several more EPs and albums soon followed, culminating in 1995's Pygmalion, which the band, uh, uh, after which the band split up. The ensuing hiatus found several band members, including Goswell and Halstead, forming the folk-leaning Mojave 3. Slow Dive returned in 2014 for well-received tours, including spot opening for The Cure at Hyde Park. A critically acclaimed self-titled album followed in 2017. I dig it, man. Yeah. Dreamy. So that is... Uh, some some of Neil Halstead stuff. Now, are Neil and Rachel a couple, or are they just? It doesn't look like it. I don't see hmm. anything that alludes to that. Because I'm on Let's Neil's Rachel Goswell's personal life. Goswell is married to Air Cuba's Christopher Andrews. Air Cuba, ninety four to two thousand. Air Cuba, previously known as Cuba, were a British electronic music duo formed by hmm. Christopher Andrews and Ashley Bates. They released two singles and an album, Leap of Faith, on 4 AD in 98 and 99. Their sound demonstrated a range of electronic pop and rock influences. Um, so she was married to Air Cuba's Christopher Andrews from 94 until 2000. In 2018, Gospel married Steve Clark, Slow Dive's tour manager. Aww. <laughs> Gospel is partially deaf as a result of labyrinthitis. A viral infection which occurred in 2006. This left her with chronic tinnitus in one ear, and she also had debilitating balance problems, which required physiotherapy for a year. As a result, Goswell had to stop playing and touring with Mojave 3. (gasps) That's horrible. There it is. That's why she dropped out. That sucks. Fuck. 
In 2010, Gospel gave birth to a son, Jesse, who has charge syndrome. Jesse is profoundly deaf and has a serious heart condition, which resulted in open heart surgery at the age of five months. She is learning British Sign Language and is vocal about the rights of parents of deaf children to have free access to learning sign language. In October 2013, there was a debate in Parliament led by NDCS, National Deaf Children's Society, where both Rachel and Jesse were mentioned. Wow. She's 51 now. I was like, she had a kid really late. Yeah, in she life. did, right? You said 2020? No. She gave birth to, no, a son in 2010. 2010. Uh, so she would have been 40, uh, just shy of 40. Yeah. It's about that that uh, top point. Yeah. Uh, you also noticed on the, uh, the cover of the Out of Tune album that uh, there's a surfer there. Yeah, yeah. So I dig, yeah. I really dig that artwork. That's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why I I can't wrap my head around anyone in England like being surf, absolutely. Surf. Are there waves there? Like <laughs> I I, in my head, like I, just... I I don't know. I just figure like everyone walks to a pub when they wake up and then they just come back and then there's all everything's cobblestone and, it, I'm and it's s- and it's raining. And yeah, it's yeah, all, all the time. Yeah, uh, it's very short sighted. But but uh, you know, looking at his um, on Neil Halstead's career. Uh, let's see how this is. In 2006, Mojave 3 went on an indefinite hiatus, prompting Halstead to embark on an acoustic-driven solo career marked by an emphasis on British folk-inspired uh, melody and a love of surfing. An occasional mm. drift into more whimsical territory prompted NME to describe Halstead as Sid Barrett if he'd ever set foot on a surfboard. Halstead's first <laughs> solo album, Sleeping on Roads, was released in 2001, followed by Oh Mighty Engine in 08. Released on friend and fellow surfer Jack Johnson's Brushfire Records label. Mm-hmm. So yeah, never. The more I see of him, I, I I see that he fits that mold of surfer dude. Yeah. But really, before yeah. un, unless someone just spoon fed me or, or force fed me that information, I would have never really thought twice about him. This musician, this touring, yeah, the English artwork for Sleeping on Roads in two thousand two is a big wave. Yeah, cool. Let's. His top song is called Digging Shelters from Palindrome Hunches in 2012. Let's hear a little bit of that. How how, how Jack Johnson do you think this is going to sound? I don't think very much. I really don't. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm, I, I, he was on Jack Johnson's label, and that was already where my mind was when we're yeah. sort of like... When, like banana pancakes. It ain't going to be banana pancakes. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, you would know Jack Johnson songs. I literally couldn't tell you a Jack Johnson song. Um, all right, let's listen to all Digging right. Shelters. <laughs> Is Digging Shelters his top song on Spotify as well? It is, yeah. 16 million. Jesus. This all sounds like... It sounds kind of like Nick Drake. Zach Braff movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, Nick Drake, is that what you Yeah, yeah, Nick Drake. Who's been on a Zach Braff soundtrack. Yeah, it has. Yeah, I fucking love this. Yeah. You know, we just talked about like autumn albums. 
Something tells me that yeah. this this is this, gonna fit yeah. nicely into that. Right. Put this on your to listen. I'm adding this record, dude. Adding to library. What a great what a great yeah, songwriter. Jesus. Album. I will add that to mine as well. Palindrome hunches. Yeah, man. Neil Halstead rocks. Who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> this is why, what is it? Uh, All Music has claimed him Thanks, as one Jim. of Britain's most respected songwriters, man. Thanks, James. James Atkins for introducing me. Yeah. To slow div. Slow div. Jim, dude, Jim Neil knows Halstead. good music. I have not yeah, been man. keeping up with his uh, his. Goodness. Well, obviously I don't because His I don't have Spotify, but like yeah. usually he'll I'll look at I'll look at the artists and be like, I don't know any of those songs. <laughs> <laughs> but Jim knows what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, okay. He does. So yeah. I, I'm out of track notes, but I'm really glad we went down. I think it's really cool to how many people in the audience that night in two thousand four knew that Jim was covering a Mojave three song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. People probably thought that was a new Jimmy World song. Um and, um, yeah, I, I obviously I have an aversion to feet. We don't have to talk too much about feet. But, like, growing up, <laughs> growing up, I feel like I was scarred because my mom would, like, always make me and or my sister rub her feet. And I hated it. I hated it so fucking much <laughs> that now, like, Susie will ask me and I have to tell her, I'm like, look, you understand that this is triggering for me. Like, I'm not. It's not that I don't want to be intimate with you in this way. It's just that that's not what I'm thinking of when it's happening. So, um, and then on top of that, my dad always had, um, he had this like really messed up nail. Since we're talking about feet. And, uh, and as a kid, like, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm like, in some ways, the most boy of boys in that, like, I... I didn't use a nail clipper. I'll just rip my nails. You know uh. what I mean? I'll just rip them off or bite them off or whatever. And one time I ripped my <laughs> big toenail too short that it became ingrown. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I had to get surgery on it. It was so bad because it, I would let it go. I would be like, oh, it'll, I, fuck, I, I cut it too short. And then when it gets, when it gets ingrown, it starts hurting really bad. It's basically like a knife constantly right. puncturing. Yeah. You're and and I mean months would go by Justin and I was like there's like there's something happening like I need to go to a doctor it's bad and sure enough they basically like they surgically removed the sides of the nail and uh, uh, chemically burned the that part of the nail bed so that the nail wouldn't grow there and that would supposedly make it so that my nail would grow normally no fucked up my nail and now i've got the same fucked up nail that my dad has it's so <laughs> fucked up and my dad his whole thing came from an ingrown toenail too and i just look at wesley's and keaton's toenails and i'm like just don't don't fuck these up man like you have regular looking ass feet and uh feet are the fucking worst I, i've never liked them i have a feeling it came from like my ptsd of like giving my mom foot massages and like yeah tarantino's whole foot thing really bothers me and uh, <laughs> I think I'm pretty thankful now hearing from. Yeah, you've, no. you've told me that story before. And then um, when we used to play card games over at, at um, Lindsay's parents place and her mm. brother would be there. Uh, so both of them, it's genetic for them. They both had issues. Chad still has issues with it. And he described the same exact process with the whole cauterizing and they all like take the deep they they cut in like a good eighth of an inch this mm -hmm. is this is good content by the way uh 
And, and that threw me off because I, I I just don't like the look of feet in general. I just think they look very alien. Right. And yeah. for me, most of my life, they've been covered in shoes. I also don't like yes. touching wet grass. It's not, it's, I, I don't, yeah. I have a, a sensitivity thing about it. Like it's a texture. Yeah. I always sens- hated like when girls were wearing flip-flops a lot in the, in like the early 2000s. Like I was like, why are you, why are you doing this? Yeah. And we've, we've heard, we have, uh, Kim is a teacher and she said that the kids are all weird about flip-flops. Like <laughs> it, they treat feet like, uh, like it's obscene, like to not wear socks. Which is, I guess I'm kind of cool with that, but like. Yeah. I mean, if you want to be comfortable, you can be comfortable. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pass judgment on someone wearing sandals. I think when we got into the conversation about it on Discord, I poked fun at you just because we were in that conversation. But really, if I saw somebody out, I just choose not to look down. I won't look down at their feet. Yeah, I think we're a no-shoe household anyway. Like, I don't really think twice about it. I think I've grown out of that. I think, you know, I went to school up until eighth grade at a private school where we had uniforms. So I went to high school and I'm like, why is everybody showing their fucking feet? Like, I didn't realize that I hated feet so much until high school. And then since then, I've gotten over it. But um, yeah, open-toed shoes was what I would always uh, lament about in high school. Yeah. The nice thing is that Lindsay's got very small feet. The kids have very Mm -hmm. small feet. But Chad has basically each one of his toes has like a knuck, like full on knuckles. And I swear he could type. He's drawn stuff with his feet. He's shown Whoa. me. It's, it's very serious. dexterous. <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that freaks me out is when things because oh. like, we do this. We do the same thing. We walk around barefoot in the house. We're in Southern yeah, I'll California. I'll pick up a Lego with like my feet because I'm, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm not, I'm not yeah. writing. <laughs> I wonder how many sets have been put together with feet. Again, I, I'm going down a road <laughs> in my mind that I don't really want to pursue. Yeah. Uh, but it's good to know that the, your PTSD, where it stems from. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's where it's from. <laughs> Massaging yeah. feet. Oh, it's fucking uh, worst. That's why I always thought it was really funny. The scene in uh oh let me pull it up <laughs> do you think in do you Pulp think Fiction. it would be so bad if if they didn't have the term bunion like if it had a a, a better term <laughs> no i don't think i ever knew what that was um <laughs> oh i did my my grandma's foot was or toe was basically oh, 45 degrees man what the fuck yeah dude she had a whole fucking <laughs> it was it was like a bu- <laughs> all right let's let's go to phone knob here real quick here's uh, <laughs> five minutes in we don't have to watch the whole thing i don't know However, people meet people. She used to be an actress. Oh, really? She do anything out of scene? I think her biggest deal was she starred in a pilot. Pilot? So we're going to learn Marcellus Wallace fucked somebody up, and we're going to find out why Marcellus Wallace fucked somebody pilot. up. Well, you know the show's on TV? I don't watch TV. Yeah, but you are aware <laughs> that there's an invention called television, and on this invention they show shows, right? <laughs> that's a great line um uh this is only moments before the uh meme that you sent me with the uh grease deleted scene yeah. <laughs> does he look like a bitch yeah. well the way they pick tv shows is they make one show that show's called a pilot then they show that one show to the people who pick shows and on the strength of that one show they decide if they want to make more shows some get chosen and become television programs some don't become nothing she started in one of the ones that became nothing this is, I mean, this is the genius of Tarantino dialogue. He, he He's writing about nothing, but the way that he writes about nothing, and then obviously 
the delivery by Sam Jackson mm -hmm. is just incredible. And we're not even to the foot massage scene yet. <laughs> or <laughs> lines. Half black, half Here we go. Tony Rocky Horror. Yeah, Tony Rocky Horror. I wouldn't go so far as to call the brother fat. I mean, he got a weight problem. What's the nigga gonna do? He's Samoan. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. What about him? <laughs> uh, Marcellus fucked him up good. Word around the campfire is it was on account of Marcellus Wallace's wife. This should have started the scene here. Yeah. So what'd he do, fucker? No, 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 no. Nothing that bad. Well, then what then? Gave her a foot massage. <laughs> here it is. Foot massage. That's it. What Marcellus did. Sent a couple of cats over to his place. They took him out on his patio, threw his ass over the balcony. Nigga fell full stories. Had a little garden down at the bottom, closed in glass like a greenhouse. Nigga fell through that. Since then, he kind of developed a speech impediment. That's a damn shame. Still, I have to say, you play with matches, you get burned. What do you mean? You don't be giving Marcellus Wallace's new bride a foot massage. You don't think he overreacted? Well, yeah, that's why I probably didn't expect Marcellus to react the way he did, but he had to expect a reaction. It was a foot massage. A foot massage is nothing. I give my mother a foot massage. He's laying your hands in a familiar way on Marcellus's new wife. I mean, is it, is it as bad as eating her pussy out? No. It was the same fucking ballpark. Whoa, 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 stop right there. Eating a bitch out and giving a bitch a foot massage ain't eating the same fucking thing. It's not. It's the same ballpark. Ain't no fucking ballpark, neither. Now, look, maybe your method of massage differs from mine. <laughs> touching his wife's feet and sticking your tongue in the holiest of holies ain't the same fucking ballpark. It ain't the same league. It ain't even the same fucking sport. Look, foot massages don't mean shit. Have you ever given a foot massage? <laughs> don't be telling me about foot massages. I'm the foot fucking master. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Got my technique down and everything. I don't be, don't be tickling me. or nothing. Would you give a guy a foot massage? <laughs> the fuck out of you. Fuck you. <laughs> you give him a lot? Fuck you. You know, I'm kind of tired. I can use a foot massage myself. Yo, 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 man. You best back off. I'm getting a little pissed here. <laughs> this is the door. There it is. All right, I think they do go on a little bit more, but yeah. I think that's enough. Anyway, <laughs> classic uh, foot massage uh, scene. And then uh, this, I, I came across this because I thought about this, um, a classic Fats Waller song. Oh, Your yeah, it's good old big. Fats Waller. Yeah. Because it feeds too Thinks you're nice. 
She claims you got everything to take you to paradise. Ain't that our killer? She likes your loving, she likes your ring. But man, oh man, them things is too big. Yes, your feet's too big. <laughs> Wouldn't you What's love- that shoe are you, Justin? Uh, I am an 11. 11 wide. <laughs> 11 wide? I don't know that I've ever measured wide. Well, does that mean, like, w- what does that limit you to? Like, what are you not going I can't to wear chucks? chucks. I can't wear chucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the most narrow shoe I could think of. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, um, and now, what does it mean you can't wear chucks? Do you want to see like, what it looks like a cupcake looks like, where you get the... <laughs> You've got the rubber bottom, and then got it. So like you're, you're the sides of your feet are like correct. going over the rubber. Correct. Sole. That's got it. that's interesting. What it looks like. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, very... I'm a 14, but I don't think I'm a wide. I don't have a problem wearing chucks, but it is very hard for me to find shoes because most shoes in stores, especially the van store, stop at 13. So oh boy, wow. I have to I have to go online and uh, and shop. But yeah, 14s. That's an, and that's I impressive. didn't wear four. I didn't think I was wearing 14s. I wore 13s for years and years and years. Which probably also contributed to my ingrown toenail issue. Um, <laughs> until I think we were sizing West for shoes, and I was just sitting around waiting. And I was like, "Oh, I'll just use the." I, I think I was showing Wes like he was like one or two, and I was like, "Oh, look, you can measure your feet here." And I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> my size 14." <laughs> Like, you know, you take your sock off and you put it on the little, like, uh, sizey thing. Yeah, yeah, The little yeah. metal thing that's at the shoe store. Right. Yeah, for, that's how I found out. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember pretty vividly going from 10 to 10 and a half and then Whoa. settling on 11. That was, and I feel like I was just before high school. Maybe that was, like, 7th oh. or 8th. And it was, that was pretty, that was a pretty, uh, noteworthy moment in my life because i thought i'm still growing the length of my foot is still growing for the longest time it was 10 and a half and i don't know whenever it changed maybe that's i was doing the same thing where i just mm-hmm. i remember being 10 and a half and anytime i needed to get shoes i just thought uh well it's 10 and a half it's 10 and a half but then i actually measured myself with that which is kind of a cool device right you're talking about the one mm-hmm. that you can slide the front back and do and the sides well. even go, yeah. yeah that has a whole f- mm-hmm. I, I wish someone would have shown me how that worked I was too young, I think, when I put my foot in there for the first time, and then the, the mm. associate did it for me. Well, After that, I was kind of yeah, like, your mom." Pro- I was going to say your mom probably knew how to read it, and yeah. she was like, oh, okay, here. <laughs> yeah. But I remember when I went up to 11, and now I've been in 11, and it's the same shoe size as my dad, so it makes sense. And when did you figure out the wide thing? When I started running, seriously, uh, mm. I remember wearing Pumas, and there were a similar issue where it had the cupcake um, results. And another thing is that I have supinated. Is it supinated? I think I always forget this. Supination. Supinated, which is where, yeah. Nope. Let's look at this again. Yep, supinated. It's where I basically walk. It it comes with pigeon-toedness, but basically my ankles, I have, the, I have a tendency to roll my ankles on the outside. So, um what happens is my feet roll out of the shoe. And so I'll get big, either my pinky toe will fly out of the shoe eventually, or uh, it'll mm. just be the, the weight of my body pushes the right side of the shoe further out. Mm. Um, and so the, the remedy was getting wider shoes. So my feet just sit on them instead of sitting, nice. instead of being bound by the sides. Now they're bound by the, the width. That's now, what can you get like, Vans in eleven wide, or are vans Some, wide enough normally that it's yeah? Fine. Vans like, are wide enough already. Like my, I see. Okay, 
the the old schools are comfortable but they're still rigid the the most comfortable vans that i have are those puffy white ones that i couldn't the tell skate you what vans. they are yeah. they're <laughs> the yeah they're shoes. so nice man oh my gosh shite <laughs> vans white vans white vans yeah they're low tops they've got to be they're not old schools they're thicker but man are they nice yeah. i love my vans <laughs> yeah and then uh, yeah. uh, Allbirds, we got you turned on to Allbirds. Yeah. And those are wide enough for you and, and seem to. They are. Yeah. I can definitely tell, though, if you look on the right one, you know, the material that they're made of. Um, when that stuff, like imagine if you were to take a Velcro. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know who is stuck with this episode this long, by the way. When you take Velcro, <laughs> <what> like <laughs> the toothy part of it, the harder part of it. Right. And then you yeah. rub it on and, and it kind of frays the material. I can see that where mm. my pinky toe is. So I know that it's rush it's wow. brushing up against things. There's they're still holding together. I've had them for over a year now and they're still good. Nice. Nice. Still good. Right. Your your feet, man. Well, uh let's see. I I do not have many things to play. Um but I do have a making golding if you want to make a uh, Yeah, you speech. know what? Let's do it. I'll do it. I'll, yeah, I'll, we're going to go all go. the way. That's just me, because she has. No oh intro. yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, thank you. I am ready. All right, here we go. Stand by. <laughs> I was drunk when I met you. I was drunk when you walked out the door, and I rolled around the night to find you. But I guess you never knew. You just needed something solid you could hold. Like a dog that came when you called. Like a coat stand that sits out in the hall. And you don't need me. It's your feet you don't need. Always facing back away you just came. I don't love you anymore. I don't need you. I'm just keeping a score. You said life's too short to be bored. All this rolling around on the floor. Won't get you what you want it's just a waste. And you don't need me. So I look at every woman. Just to see if there's something there for me. And I look up every moment. Just to know if I'm missing something sweet. And I need something solid one can hold. Like a dog that comes when I call. Like a brick I can throw against a wall. And I don't need you. No I don't need you. No I don't need you. No I don't need you. you. Wow, we both wow. ended at the same time. Look at that. <laughs> it ended so abruptly. Yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, and uh, I couldn't find any covers of anybody doing it because Jimmy World had done it. Right. But I did all... find somebody covering the original called Strand Child. Where did I find Strand Child? On Bandcamp. Um, so here is a little bit of Strand Child doing your feet from Christmas Tape. Released December 12th, 2015. I was drunk when I met you. I was drunk when you walked out the door. Pretty cool take.
cool. Yeah. Very coastal servicey. Like yeah, very. <laughs> um, and and then I have two rave DJs. Actually. Oh, dude, hit both. I didn't. I couldn't think of any. So, uh, <laughs> I I'm trying to remember what these are based on. Chelsea 2004 remastered 2021 is what the song is called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. This is Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, this okay. Is mixed with her song Chelsea. I did not hear it yet. This is the most your feet sounding Phoebe song I could find. She's not done yet. <laughs> I mean, I guess because there's no percussion, it's not. Yeah, it just it picks is, a spot. It doesn't know what's happening. Okay, so there's that. Um, what's the other one I did? Your 2004 feet 2021. Did I mix it with the original, maybe? Yes, that's what it looks like. All right. Mojave 3 and your feet live at the Celebrity Theater. I was drunk when ah, I sounds like Jim. I was drunk when you walked out the door. I was drunk. Why you make Neil sound like Bob Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on the song you're everybody Jimmy, must right? get feet. Mojave three yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your final thoughts on the song uh i love the song lyrically uh, i think it's a very intimate song and i think uh jim did it justice to what neil had uh done in mojave three I think it's a really good song, and if you can get past the title, if you have that that issue with the title, um, I think it's a great track. I think it's a great little acoustic track. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um. Him being oh, oh, bubbly toes. Who, who did that song? Is that Jack? That Johnson? Was, that was Jack Johnson. Yeah. Jack Johnson. Okay. So his whole beach vibe, and I hated that song based a hundred percent on the name. So this your feet thing must be. I mean, surfers love feet, man. I guess. Ugh. Oh, and um, they're so sandy and dry. Yeah. Oh. So, so that said, um, I fucking love this song. I want Jim to write a song like this. I want I want Phoebe to be on a Jimmy Eat World song doing a song like this. Yeah. Um, that would be so fucking sick. <laughs> and um, I'm really glad that I now know who Neil Halstead is. And Mojave, th- I'm excited to go down that rabbit hole um, with uh, Mojave Three and Slow Dive and and even his solo stuff. So I'm very thankful to have found this artist. And believe it or not, 
I fucking love this song. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, I, I think consider that a win. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I'm uh, I, I just going to have to hang my head and and look at your feet. But remember to be excellent to each other. <laughs> and party on, dudes. It's at no expense. <laughs> I was on the wrong page, but that's <laughs> <laughs> and I'm reaping all the benefits. There we go. <laughs> all right. <laughs>